Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. All you have to do is dial in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. To start things out, we're going to focus again on what's happening in Ukraine or what is alleged to be happening in Ukraine because, (laughs) as I pointed out, and I think we should continue to point out, you cannot trust the Western media because they're basically mouthpieces of the United States government. And you cannot trust the Russian government either. <laughs> nope. So, yeah. So uh, where is the truth? Well, it's hard to know, but at least we have the ability, finally, now that we have the internet age, uh, to actually get both sides and whatever other sides there might be out well, there. Well, did you hear that they're actually censoring people uh, for expressing uh, at least some views. Well, who's in, they? In I, you know, I I don't know. Uh, I think it's was it the UK that was going. I forget who it was, but uh, somebody's going after YouTube and the allegation other... here is that YouTube is censoring certain accounts. Yep. So this was posted by Odyssey, which is where we do our live streaming. It, yeah, it's not just YouTube though. It, there's others that I think Twitter was doing it too. Mm. There, there's a few. There's a there's a well, few of the social media. At least all, a few. They're all run by the same deep state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might be a fair uh, argument. So according to the Odyssey team post that they made earlier today, Odyssey, again, is the freedom-friendly streaming platform. It's also a video storage platform that is ultimately based on a protocol called Library, which is a uh, decentralized blockchain-based what's the right word here social or not social well i guess it does have a social aspect to it but it's a media storage protocol it's an uncensorable mm-hmm. library is an uncensorable media storage protocol so that's what backs up the odyssey system and odyssey of course is trying to compete with youtube they've created a pretty nice looking platform that has existed now for a couple of years and uh of course whenever youtube does something naughty they usually comment on it over at the odyssey oh, yeah. uh, social media So they say here that apparently YouTube is now banning Ukraine war coverage, or at least some Ukraine war coverage. Somebody comments here. Anything that doesn't slant it in the right direction if they're true to form. As I understand it, it's pro-Russian. So if you're pro-Russian, whatever that means, they're going to ban you. Yeah. Well, actually, the reverse is what's being said here. So uh, somebody claims their account was banned because YouTube is being flooded by Russian bots who are reporting anyone who speaks out against what they describe as war criminal dictator Putin. YouTube, Hmm. you're being attacked and your human account holders are being kicked off your platform by a flood of Russian bots. Do something and stop sitting on your hands over Russia. Their money will not make up for the crimes they are currently committing, and it makes no financial sense to allow your audience to be evicted and replaced with bots. The thing is... How does that work? There's nobody but but criminals involved. The people running the Ukraine are, are criminals. The people <laughs> right. running Russia are criminals. And the people running the United States are criminals. This person has obviously bought into the Western propaganda that Russia is bad and that Putin is Hitler. As we pointed out last night, actually both sides are calling each other Nazis. So on one side, you've got Putin who's saying he's there in Ukraine to, quote, denazify 
the country. And there's actually a story from the Russian propaganda about what that means uh, that we can share coming up here. But then on the other on the other hand, if you look at the front of Drudge Report right now, they literally have a photograph of Putin dressed up as Hitler with like the little Hitler mustache. And I wanted to do one like that for Trudeau. I think that's been done. Actually, hmm. you can, I couldn't find one on the net. Uh, you might not one. have looked hard enough. I'm, I'm certain I've seen that one with uh, with Trudeau. Yeah. So so both sides are saying that the other side is the Nazis and the you know, the propaganda is hidden hard and heavy. Well, neither side is lying from what I can tell that both sides <laughs> are Nazis. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, DailyMail.co.uk says that uh, Anonymous has now declared quote-unquote cyber war against Vladimir Putin's government before announcing they have taken down the Kremlin bla- uh, Kremlin-backed TV channel RT, which is interesting because last night oh, I was I saying on the air that I was having trouble accessing RT, RT yep. from a couple of my devices on the this local fiber internet connection that we have here. I was able to pull it up on my cell phone's internet connection. What's interesting is I think it's still on YouTube, actually, RT. So wouldn't surprise me. And it's back, by the way. I'm, I'm able okay. to, uh, to once again access the site from the same device that wasn't working on it last night. I was getting, getting like connection yeah. reset errors it, last night. The thing that's weird. pretty hard for a hacker to take uh, RT off YouTube without taking YouTube down. Right. right which sounds it, probably more than they tough. want to do. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird. Uh, it's weird, though, because, you know, RT is like the first thing I would think that they would go after as far as, you know, the government and trying to take down pro-Russian content. But what I what, what's interesting, though, is that RT doesn't actually have that many uh, viewers for their videos. I'm not sure mm. what the subscriber numbers are but like a couple hundred thousand maybe for a video okay their numbers aren't like they're not like that's pretty sweet i would be happy with that i know (laughs) well what i was getting okay but we're like little people you know (laughs) yeah i i expect when you know you get to millions of views for at least some of your videos then you're kind of in the big leagues on youtube as opposed Mm. to I bet you if you went to CNN's site, they probably have some weak videos, too. They probably do, but I didn't see Joe any... Rogan gets much better numbers than CNN. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think I see... I, I didn't see a single video on, like, RT that was, like, a million views. Mm. So, whereas if you look at ABC or CNN or any of these other channels... Well, YouTube pushes those other channels, by the way. So I'm sure they search, do. <laughs> if I'm you sure search for some sort of news yeah. or whatever... Like, for instance, a good example of this would have been the Ottawa... Uh, trucker convoy thing yep. that uh, I went to YouTube because I wanted to find live streams from from Ottawa, and so I type in Ottawa, and then of course it's like CBC, which is the government's official oh, yeah. propaganda in Canada, and then mm. the Toronto news, and then what you know all the official government approved government sponsored news sources were first on the list and you had to scroll quite a ways before you could get to the actual independent journalists. CIA tube. Uh, so uh, let's get into this story about anonymous here because uh, there's not really not much else to say about YouTube. I mean, it's no surprise that they're, you know, doing the bidding of whoever it is they're doing the bidding of. But uh, anonymous has now declared cyber war against Vladimir Putin's government. So uh, this is after the invasion of Ukraine. The elusive computer experts issued a stark announcement on their Twitter account because and and I think you guys pointed this out off the air, like. Anonymous is supposed to be decentralized. It's supposed like how do they have an official Twitter account? They don't. They can't. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So and who controls? If that's, a bunch that's of kind of a joke. Then 
how can they stay on Twitter when I can't? And anonymous. Okay, so so this is this is the funny thing, right? Like anonymous is both pro the Kremlin, pro Ukraine, and pro the United States, and anti the U.S., anti Ukraine, and anti Putin, like all simultaneously. They said shortly before 10 p.m. quote the anonymous collective is officially in cyber war against the Russian government. 30 minutes later, they announced they had taken down the website of RT, which broadcasts in Britain and around the world, for that uh, for that matter. When the Daily Mail attempted to access the site, it was inaccessible and only displayed an error message that said this site can't be reached. The cyber war declaration raises the prospect that Russia could be subjected to systematic hacking attempts in the coming days. And prior to the invasion on Thursday, the country's government and banks were targeted by a massive cyber attack that was believed to have been carried out by Russia. People on social media responded positively to Anonymous's cyber war declaration against Putin. And then it just goes on to talk about what people had to say about this. But of course, what does the Russian government have to say? And that is the one thing you are not going to be given in the mainstream Western uh, media coverage of this is a fair assessment of what their position is. Is, is it a fair assessment that you have something uh, from the Russian perspective? Oh, or, yeah. or at least Putin's perspective? <laughs> oh, yes, because uh, RT's website is accessible at the moment, okay, and as great. is their other alternative, which I'm sure the hackers probably don't know that much about, Sputnik International, which is their kind of their alternative to RT. It's another Russian-controlled, okay. Russian sure. uh, government-funded media. And so there's an article here about what is meant... When Putin says denazification, because that's one of his goals, supposedly, in invading Ukraine, is to denazify it. The Ukraine was well known for collaborating during World War II. So we're going to talk about that coming up here in moments. Uh, your calls and thoughts are welcome. You can join us at 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. You can join us. Talk about Ukraine coming up. We'll get into an uh, interesting turnaround from a pretty big-name computer programmer uh, on his opinions regarding Bitcoin, because he was completely against it, and the situation in Canada apparently has changed his mind. Uh, we'll get into that on the way here tonight with you. By the way, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And don't forget, uh, speaking of Bitcoin, you can head over to Bitcoin.com, and that is where you can learn things about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and cryptocurrency in general. There is a little learning curve involved in learning the basics, but they'll help you out, and it's free. So you can go over to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started at the top of the page to do that. Once again, that's Bitcoin.com. There's no better time than now if you've waited you should go and get started learning about Bitcoin because as these government monies become worth less and less through the process of inflation, it is all the more important for you to understand what the alternatives are. And Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, Bitcoin Cash, etc., these are alternatives for you to the government systems. And I heard, by the way, that the, whatever the hell the Ukrainian money is called is starting to take a dive so uh, Ukrainians all of a sudden really inter- interested in cryptocurrency more yeah. so than uh, than ever before. Uh, exchange numbers are something like quadrupling uh, out there. I'm I'm actually surprised that uh, the numbers aren't going up for crypto. Uh, and oh, I they guess are. They, I guess they did. Uh, they went from like 36 to 39. They took a dive down to about 34th. Or Bit- we're just talking about the Bitcoin price here. The yeah, Bitcoin like price Bitcoin took a dive down to about 34,000 the night of the invasion. Okay. Uh, and then ever since then it's been coming up. So it's up to around 39,000. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, it it does what it wants. It does. You know? It really does. It's it's so unpredictable. Like yeah. it, like with Greece, I remember the uh, I remember things went up as a result of Greece when they were having like those banking yeah cr- they, banking runs because they they basically restricted the amount of money I think people could withdraw from ATMs and things like that, mm-hmm. and they just basically stole uh, their their uh, you know citizens uh, or their people's money I guess that mm-hmm. that were in uh, Greece banks. Wow. Yeah, there's supposed to be a bank run going on in Canada also. I've heard about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people closing down TD accounts from what I'm hearing. Yeah, I saw a yeah. photograph of a guy holding a stack of the Canadian money and he talks about how he was with TD Bank for 33 years and he went in and closed out his account and he's going to take all of his car loans away from TD Bank as well. So step nice. by step, yeah. he's, uh, I, he's cutting them out. I, it's not just Canadians. I know people in the United States are closing that account. I know one person personally who, who closed his account, I, yeah. I think already closed it, or he's going to close it on Monday. Maybe. Is he going to tell them why? Uh, like, oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm sure. Good. good. Yeah. Uh, by the way, TD stands for Toronto Dominion. That's right. what the TD stands <laughs> right. for. Yeah, it's actually, uh, I le- learned a little bit more about it. It's a, it's a combination of two other banks. So one was called Dominion Bank. The other one was like Toronto something or other. So that's where that came from. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. So we're talking about the Ukraine situation. What is it that was meant when Putin said he intended to, quote, denazify the Ukraine government uh, that was one of his two goals in this invasion, which some people would call it an invasion. Other people would call it a a freedom fighting uh, excursion. <laughs> yeah, Putin doesn't care about freedom. <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah. Uh, but that his original reason, ostensibly for going in, was to back up the independence movements in the Donbass region of Ukraine, which is two states of Ukraine that had declared independence. That's what he says. That's what he says. The reason, I think, (laughs) that he's going in is because NATO has refused to close the door on Ukraine joining them, and Putin does not want NATO at his back door. Oh, he's saying that now. He's been saying that for years, and he said that in uh, Crimea before he went in there. Right. Um, You know, so... You know, we bear some uh, some fault. You for, mean the U.S. government? Uh, yeah, yeah, the U.S. I government mean, the, bears some fault. Yeah, the, the strategic. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious the strategic. Uh, you know, reasons that you know Putin doesn't want you know a, a hostile neighbor, right? Effectively, because that's mm-hmm. kind of what Ukraine has become. But at the same time, it's not the first country he's invaded in recent years. He's he's also invaded a, a Georgia, I believe, and I think mm-hmm. there's a, there was another one. Um, Both so. of which were being uh, were in talks with nato mm-hmm. yeah so it's not mm, yeah it's it's one of these things where it's like ooh, yeah yeah it's he probably would and will invade other countries and continue to do so is is my gut feeling mm-hmm. <laughs> well I'll, I'll tell you this if, if if they took over canada we wouldn't want them there you mean if the russians took yeah, over canada? If the russians took over canada we wouldn't want them there i mean trudeau is bad enough <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see what uh, what happens. They've got, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, they could invade Canada, I suppose, if that's something they want to yeah, do. Yeah, they're not going to take over Canada. They'd have my to go through Alaska is, first. Though, my so. point is, we don't want, nobody wants him at their back door. Yeah. He doesn't want us or, his. or NATO <laughs> at his back door. Yes, exactly. And uh, supposedly, at least according to uh, Putin, 
in some of the statements that he's been making uh, that you know they were promised that NATO would not continue to expand after the fall of the Soviet Union, and which they were, it has. Yeah, that's true. There, there was. I mean, there was a non-binding promise, effectively, which is meaningless. Sure, that they you mean a expand. lie. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, isn't that what a non-binding <laughs> absolutely, promise is? absolutely spot on. You hit the yeah. mark. Nobody. Oh, and by the way, there was uh, a image that came out today that was apparently, I think, the border of Poland to Ukraine. So Poland is one of the countries that borders uh, Ukraine on the northwest uh, side there. And the claim was that NATO is sending in truckloads full of quote unquote supplies, which you know it's weapons, <laughs> yeah, uh, into Ukraine. So, I mean, NATO mm. is apparently moving into NATO, Ukraine that's I, I heard, as we speak. I heard the United States, I believe, had, you know, supplied them with, but I think the United States was more blatant as to what they were sending in terms of arms. So I wow. think they like, uh, I don't know if it was rocket launcher. It was something, it was something very obviously to fight uh, Russia, right? Like they weren't, they weren't playing games. They were using the words. They weren't, they weren't shy about the words they were using. I guess when you buy Joe Biden and his crackhead kid, you get what you pay for. (laughs) (laughs) So who was behind the, uh, the coup that happened in Ukraine in 2014? I've heard rumors the CIA might have been involved in that, and Putin references the uh, that that coup. Interesting in the Sputnik news story here in in the question of what did Putin... but they would never rig our elections because oh, they've got morals, right? Uh, what did he mean by the denazification or denazification? For years, says this is again Russian propaganda. All of its propaganda. It's either Western propaganda or it's Russian yep. propaganda. So you decide. Russia has been calling on Western nations to investigate cases of human rights abuse, illegal killings, and war crimes committed by the Ukrainian authorities that came to power after the coup in 2014. Moscow pointed out that many of them were committed by neo-Nazis against Russians or Russian-speaking people. When Vladimir Putin was announcing the start of a special operation to protect the Donetsk and Lugansk People's Republics on the 24th of February, he described the goals as, quote, demilitarizing and denazifying, unquote, Ukraine. His spokesman later elaborated that denazifying means that Russia is planning to free Ukraine from neo-Nazis, their supporters, and their ideology. So again, you've got both sides claiming that the other side is the Nazi. Neo-Nazis, neo-commies, all the same to me. Yeah, don't think either of them have the high ground here. No. Let's talk about it. On the way, the number is 603-283-6160+. If you want to weigh in on your thoughts on Ukraine or whatever's on your mind, you can bring up what you want on Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. You can join the program. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And uh, you can join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com and you can follow our podcast. 
which is available via RSS feeds. We've got those over at feeds.freetalklive.com. That'll take you right to a page where you can copy those feed URLs and drop them right into your favorite podcast client, whatever that might happen to be. And then you will be uh, receiving automatically our episodes as they are uploaded. So you don't have to think about it. They're just right there for you whenever you want to go and grab them and and listen to them. So check out our feeds at feeds.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls and thoughts, more about the so-called denazification of Ukraine. That's what Putin has been saying that his goal is in this invasion. Uh, What does it mean? We'll talk about that. But first, we've got Sam on the line in Ohio. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Uh, so I've been trying for a long time to convince some of my relatives that the dollar is eventually going to become worthless. And they always keep telling me, well, it doesn't matter. And so I was almost wondering, like... It doesn't how matter? Try- yeah. Well, are they already really highly invested in gold and silver and cryptocurrency or other no, investments? No, nothing. No. They okay. only have stocks. Oof, that's probably not a good plan. Um, so you tried to tell them what? Basically, the dollar is a fiction of your imagination. and The only reason why it has any value to you at all is because you fakely trust it. Because of the decree that it has any value. Okay. Explain I mean, the term fiat and everything to them. I mean, they they probably value it because other people will accept it. <laughs> if nobody will yes. accept it, then they were they're not going to. Uh, well, it's not going to be very useful to them either. Do they uh, notice the fact that prices are going up? Have they taken? You know, aw- are they aware of that? Yeah, but they try to ignore that too. They're like, oh, that's just that's happened before. It doesn't matter. Well, it, it certainly Nothing has happened before. I mean, that's because the dollar's supply is constantly being inflated. Um, I mean, I guess as long as you're not saving the money, it, you're, it might not be as big of a deal. Because... Yeah, are they are they spenders? Do they spend every single dollar that they paycheck receive? Paycheck to paycheck? No. No. They're saving dollars? No, they're invested in yeah. stocks. Oh, so- stocks, right. Yeah. Well, stocks do With tend to dollar. float on top of inflation. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Because, you know, a corporation has a certain level of debt... And if that level of debt stays constant while their prices keep rising, then they're actually becoming more profitable against the the equipment. The thing that makes corporations go bankrupt in the presence of inflation is they fail to calculate that it's going to cost more to replace their capital equipment. Mm. So then when things wear out, they end up getting surprised and, oh, no, we're underwater now. Oh, that thing that cost X, uh, you know, 20 years ago now costs 3X. Exactly. Like mm, yeah, okay. or 100X or 1,000X, depending on where you are. Yeah. Hyperinflation. Uh, plus, you know, as uh, the prices start to crash, uh, or as you know, not the prices, but it's as the dollar uh, continues to crash and crash harder. That's probably going to cause some financial difficulties for these companies and uh, companies that have been doing all right may all of a sudden not be doing so great. But I, these are things that aren't going to persuade uh, your parents or whoever it is you're talking about. They don't sound like they are particularly open to persuasion on this. So. I think you should probably just give up on them, honestly. I mean, if they see prices rising and they don't care about it, then I don't see how you could get them to care. You know, you know, who might so it's almost actually... like they're brainwashed is what you're saying. 
Well, I mean, I wasn't going to use those those terms. It's just they're they're ignorant and they're blissfully ignorant about it. They don't care. I mean, it, most people would. Are they rich? Are your parents really wealthy? No, they're middle class. Okay, because like if you if you had an s ton of money, then I guess you might not care as much about the prices going up at the grocery store. But when people see prices going up and it matters to them what the bottom line is as far as their household budget and that sort of thing, then they might want to know why that that is happening. But if your parents see prices going up and they just shrug it off, like oh well, that's just the way things are, then it just doesn't seem like they're persuadable. I mean, what do you guys think? Have you have you ever tried to persuade friends or family member on on these? Yeah, issues? it's it's, oh, it's, it's yeah. a battle not worth having. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't argue with my family about politics. Anymore. Yeah, I, it's not even just family; it's just in general. That's an argument. I mean, it's a battle just not worth having with most people. People are just stuck in their ways. Either they understand what you're saying or they don't. I mean, the frustration I think that Sam is bringing up here is that. It's different from just, you know, your average Joe on the street or, or a coworker or something. Your family, it's a lot of times you care about them, right? Like you want the you want what's best for them, uh, unless they're like abusive to you or something like that. I, I see you're rolling your eyes, Chris, so I, I don't know what <laughs> I don't your relationship is. I have to be abusive to you, but... <laughs> I don't know what your relationship is with, with your family, but a lot of people are real close to their family and they, it's frustrating to them when they don't care about the same things that you do. I personally have moved on my myself. Like yeah. it doesn't matter to me what they what they, you know, want to do. I mean, you're just not going to change people's minds. No. So it's like why and you're even less likely to change your family's right. mind. Right. And why why are you yeah. going to exert energy for, you know, something that you're not going to accomplish anything anyway? I have a good relationship with my family and I, I kind of want to keep it that way. So <laughs> right. all the more reason not to have that yeah. conversation. So telling them they're wrong. Arguing <laughs> politics with them is not the answer. They grew yeah. up during the Great Depression under FDR, and uh, your parents were, are in their 90s, by the way. Yeah, just they were indoctrinated by his schools, mm. hmm. and, and they've never changed. Uh, huh? No. See, I would have thought that the exact opposite would be be true uh, of grandparents that they would understand you know putting money under the bed as opposed to putting it in banks because Mm. they lost money Mm. well my grandfather lost money not not my father my father i'm sorry i for some reason i thought you said grandparents no uh so sam your uh, any other thoughts you want to share on this go ahead so it sounds like you're almost saying this like they're brainwashed to the point where it's a lost cause I mean, that's ultimately a decision that you have to make. I, I agree with what nobody said here. I also have a good relationship with with my parents, but I understand that if I tell them the things that I'm interested in and do, that that usually leads to arguments, at least on the case of my mom and my dad just kind of keeps quiet. Um, <laughs> he knows know, better. <laughs> he has, he's the one that has to live with her. Um, but uh, you know, I, I leave it alone because it doesn't benefit me and I, it, it doesn't matter if I persuade them. Uh, on these on these issues they're they've made up their mind and to me my time is valuable and it's only worth spending on people that are good prospects and i don't mm-hmm. consider them to be good prospects i consider younger people generally uh to be better prospects they're less set in their ways than people who you know are are in their retirement age i usually so. look for people who are at a, at a teachable point because it it changes depending on where you are and where you are in your life it's yeah. You know, when you start, you know, when I hear people expressing surprise or observing things that, um, you know, that, that we can explain. Like, my God, these prices. Yeah, right? exactly. Or, or, you know, 
what are they do? Why are they pushing these masks? They don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's. I I look for somebody who's who's at least considering taking the red pill. The CDC, by the way, has offered uh, offered guidance. They're strongly recommending that nobody uh, that that we take the blue pill, not the red pill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam, uh, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, uh, twenty two. Twenty two. Uh, and so you're at a, a young, you know, part, point in your life at which you got to get over the idea that the odds are you're probably never going to change your uh, your family's mind about things and focus your time and your effort on more productive things for you. Uh, maybe you know planning whatever's coming next for you, whether that be getting out of uh, your your family's house and migrating to where people actually understand what these things mean. Because as we've talked about, uh, the Free State Project and the idea of getting liberty lovers together in in one place, there's just no better plan. And a lot of families aren't going to understand that. They're going to call, you know, they're going to say, oh, my God, my son's joining a cult uh, or whatever. And the reality is uh, it makes sense to be be with like-minded people. And it's sad when your family isn't like-minded. It's, it's frustrating. Tell them you're not joining a cult. You're leaving one. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks, Sam. <laughs> you like that one. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sam, for the call. There's more coming up here. If you've got advice for Sam, feel free to weigh in here. It's Free Talk Live. Green Talk Live, you can join the show to bring up whatever you want. And the number for you, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. We just had a call about communicating the idea of inflation. He actually used the term that the dollar will become worthless and... It's probably not going to go to zero anytime soon, right? Like even the uh, even the Venezuelan Boulevard, which has been debased <laughs> beyond belief. If you get a few million of them together, you can still buy a pack of gum. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> still worth something. You can something. get three eggs for a, a billion Zimbabwe dollars. Yeah, or right. a trillion, or whatever. Or who's counting? Yeah. Uh, but uh, so you know they're they're always probably going to be worth something until they're not anymore. I mean they they can just abase the hell out of these things. But the truth is the dollar is worth less than it was ten years ago or even a year ago. So it is constantly becoming worth mm-hmm. less. Just that when people hear worthless, they think you know zero. And odds are it isn't going to jump to zero in you know two weeks. They mm-hmm. they've got their plans and they've got their their means of stretching this thing out as long as they can benefit from it. And bet you better believe they plan to benefit uh, as much mm-hmm. as they can from printing as many dollars into circulation and as possible. And the other thing is, it's been going on for a hundred years. Yeah. So people are used to the idea. That prices just rise over time, mm-hmm. you know, but that's not the case in a free society. In a free society, um, at least the expectation is, as technology increases, if the value of your money stays constant, prices should be falling. Correct. And wages should be rising. 
And that includes like, you know, things that you don't think of as technological, right? Like, I mean, we can see it in television sets. That's that's still happening today. Mm-hmm. But uh, even like a bottle of rubbing alcohol should be cheaper over time than rather than more expensive because the manufacturing technology becomes more efficient. The yeah. supply chain sides become more efficient. And, and, and indeed, after you adjust for inflation... Uh, and in fact, I think even in sometimes in raw numbers or raw prices, things like that are indeed cheaper now than they were years ago. Even the the cost of gasoline, for instance, mm-hmm. as high as it seems, it's still cheaper than it was 15 years ago or 10 years ago or whatever. Somebody was adjusted about, for inflation. Yeah, but what not, not doing. even necessarily. I mean, yes, definitely adjusted for inflation, but in some cases, it's actually been cheaper because it had gone as high as four dollars a gallon. I think toward the uh, end Maybe of the Bush in the administration. 70s? No, four dollars a gallon was like within the last fifteen years. Hmm. We were just talking about this the other night. No, I think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't remember it personally, but somebody in the studio yeah. checked it, and it was like I don't know if it was a two thousand eight or two thousand nine or something like that, but it was it was a long time ago. Yeah. But so you know now four dollars a gallon after you know yeah that's because cheaper it, it went down for a while and uh, then it kind yeah. of shot back well, up. It went yeah, way down when they were fracking in America, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that was that was the thing that was um, that's one of the things that upset Venezuela's apple cart is all their plans were based on the idea that the price of oil would go up and up and up mm. and it didn't do it that. Didn't. Yeah, yeah. It was and a bunch of countries leave it like to that. a government to put all their bank, all their eggs in one basket. By the way, since we are talking about the inflation numbers, even the government's own dishonest numbers that they produce on a monthly basis, uh, one of those numbers is the producer price index. It went up again uh, in January and hit nine point seven percent for the twelve month period, which is just hmm. off of its record high. So incredible high numbers. That's basically the wholesale price index at nine point seven percent, just off its record high for inflation. Um, I think the record high. This thing's actually only been around since like twenty ten. Oh, okay. Because so. I was gonna say in the nineteen seventies, all you heard on TV every time you turned on the news was double digit unemployment and double digit inflation. Yeah, it says it's close to a record, and it may be after adjusting for inflation because I'm seeing the chart, and I don't see anything even close to nine point seven percent in in the previous in the previous decade. So, regardless, Not in the last decade, it's yeah. last time we had double digit inflation, which is just over nine point six, was in the seventies. So anyway, that's the uh, again official government numbers, and we know the reality is probably very different from that. The, the reality is yeah. probably much higher. So you want to weigh in here? You can. The number is 603-283-6160. But if, yeah, if your loved ones just don't understand what inflation is and they don't seem to care about prices going up, then you're wasting your breath trying to explain it to them. You're better off spending your time researching some cryptocurrencies. <laughs> so, you know, decide which ones you want to uh, invest into or getting some gold or silver. Gold, by the way, coming up at record highs yeah. as well. Have you seen the, the price of gold recently? Over $1,900 per ounce. Interesting. Nice. Yeah, it spiked up, I think, to like 1930 the other day. Yeah, all, all I know is uh, 
you know, any anybody who knows anything about money uh, is going to tell you diversify, diversify, diversify. <laughs> that way, mm-hmm. when uh, you know whether it's stocks or you know stocks go you know down or whatever, if you've got a, you know a nice selection of assets uh, that you've invested in, you're less likely to be impacted as as badly. The only person I can think of is who uh, speaks badly about diversification is Warren Buffett. Hmm. He says diversification is for people who don't know what's going on. Most people don't, well, don't know, know what's going on. But the problem is you never... Because you don't know. The yeah, thing is, it, <laughs> he's got a direct line from the politicians mm-hmm. telling him what they're going to do in advance. They lie to the rest of us. Yeah, but I mean, even the politicians don't always know exactly what's going to happen. I mean, if if, you know... They don't, don't know. know what's going to happen. A nuke but goes they know off. What they're going to do you know, with Fed rates. They know. Yeah. They know they're going to print more money. You yeah, guarantee I, that's that. true. That's true. But um, and I don't with know. a it's war, like, they're going to be printing even more than they were. Yeah, I mean, there's there's still some mm-hmm. things that are like outside of one's you know uh, vision, even if you're sure. in government. Well, yeah, you don't know what all the black swan events might be, but you yeah. know they're going to come. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> For listeners that don't know, the black swan is the idea of this kind of unusual occurrence, right? Like that the idea you don't see black swans very often, uh, but they do happen. They do exist. And you know there's going to be some sort of unpredicted event. You just don't know exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. And it's going to change things yeah. in a way that it's hard to predict. Imagine how much money you, you could have made. If you knew this pandemic was going to happen before it did. Oh, yeah. You could have invested in the mask companies. The mask companies. But any of the big companies, Walmart, Mm -hmm. Amazon. They did very well. um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, it it made the rich richer and the poor poorer, which I'm quite sure is what it was designed to do. So back into the denazification, what does that mean? There's an interesting article here by SputnikNews.com, which for listeners that don't know, that's like the alternative to RT. It's another Russian government-funded news site. And so Vladimir Putin has said he wants to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. Uh, Moscow has repeatedly warned foreign nations about neo-Nazis taking control of Ukraine following the West-backed coup in 2014. But the Western nations choose to ignore the human rights violations committed by the Kiev regime. So what were those crimes? Setting trade unions house on fire with people in it. As nationalists and neo-Nazis were illegally seizing power across the country, they faced opposition from the so-called anti-Maiden movement, which was, an, which was against the coup. Clashes between neo-Nazis and anti-Maiden protesters took place across the country, but what happened in Odessa in May of 2014 on the 2nd, would be remembered as one of the darkest pages in Ukraine's history. Following street fighting with neo-Nazis, the anti-Maiden protesters barricaded themselves in a local trade union's house. Their opponents, backed by the new Ukrainian authorities, which some say were put into place by the CIA, encircled the building and set it on fire using petrol bombs. When the blaze erupted on the second and third floors of the building, several hundred people trapped inside desperately tried to escape. Ten of them fell to their death. Thirty-two more died, suffering from severe burns and suffocating from smoke, and 250 others managed to escape the death trap with various injuries as firefighters arrived at the scene an hour after the blaze broke out. They also say that apart from deploying regular troops to shell the cities of the Donbass region, which we talked about earlier, that was the uh, the two eastern states of uh, Ukraine that declared independence that same year of 2014, 
of the DPR and LPR for short. The new Kiev leadership attracted several so-called volunteer battalions, ragtag groups of people, often nationalists and ex-convicts, funded and equipped by Ukrainian oligarchs and businessmen with connections to the new government. Their members were often involved in various war crimes, ranging from looting to killing civilians and rape. We'll tell you more about the Russian side of things here in moments, and you can share your thoughts as well. 603-283-6160. What's the truth in Ukraine? You decide. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today, video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. We're kicking off the second hour of the program. Joining you, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And phones are open. You can bring up anything. In fact, all of a sudden, after almost no one on the line in the first hour, uh, the phones just blew up during the news break there, including an international call that came in from a country code I did not recognize, but it is indeed from Ukraine. Uh, And Galina is on the line to start things out here this hour. Galina, uh, where are you calling from in Ukraine, if you can say? Yeah, I'm calling from Kharkiv. And Kharkiv is actually a eastern part part of Ukraine. Oh, Kharkiv Russia. with the K, with the letter K, Kharkiv. Yeah, yeah, with the letter K. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, that is right, right near, uh, right near Donetsk and Luhansk, which are the two separate uh, separatist areas that had apparently declared independence back in 2014. Tell us what you were calling about here tonight, if it wasn't obvious. I just want to make sure, just give you the open floor here, please. Yeah, I just wanted to give you some updates. So here, um, like, uh, everything is dark at night. No streets are light up. Like, everybody is on lo- under a lockdown. Mm-hmm. We are staying at home. Um, and um, uh, since yesterday morning, we are hearing some, like, bombs burst, I guess. Or maybe, or maybe I don't know, maybe they're shooting from tanks. Uh, not very close to me, pretty far, I guess, at, at the border, mm-hmm. not in the city yet, but everybody is kind of like freaking out a bit. Not me, I'm just staying at home. At least nobody's having COVID anymore. 
Right now, now they're locking people down yeah. for an actual war. Uh, in this case, now as I understand it, there is a curfew in place. Is that nationwide, or is that just in uh, you know the cities like Kiev, or is there a curfew where you are? Uh, like we have like a warrior state in here, like over all of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the war techniques is coming closer to the border. And actually, uh, Russia is invading not only from Russia, but also from Belarus. Okay. Like they attacked Kiev and some other cities uh, from the from Belarus. Like, that, that was unexpected for many of us. What do you... Uh, yeah, can can so. we go back to 2014 uh, as far as there's a lot of talk from the Russian media that there was a coup that happened in Ukraine in 2014. Some people say the CIA, the American CIA, was involved in uh, making that coup happen, setting into place, you know, puppet dictator types or puppet presidents for the the U.S. government. Can you, you know, were you aware, paying attention to what was going on back in 2014? And can you comment on that? Yeah, yeah, I remember. And can you say what is coup? A coup. Uh, it's like a, a takeover, a violent uh, takeover from within the government uh-huh, by okay. another faction, typically. Okay, yeah. So what we had in 2014, so uh, I actually uh, didn't know how it all started because, like, people voted for the president. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the people, we had that president for a couple of years. And then um, all of a sudden, uh, they started to be, like, unhappy with what he does. And they wanted to give him, like, impeachment and Mm. what they eventually did. And uh, during that time, um, uh, on the western part, eastern part of Ukraine, uh, some techniques came from Russia, and uh, people, people, um, kind of like it was uh, shown to us as uh, some people want to be independent from Ukraine. You're talking about the Donetsk really and Luhansk de- declaring yeah, independence. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, Donetsk and Lugansk. Uh, but Russia helped them because they have the kind of tanks that Ukraine didn't have, that Russia had. Mm-hmm. And um, But some people, they didn't want to be independent from Ukraine. Uh, as they saw the war coming, they fled to some other parts. And what happened with uh, Crimea, uh, Crimea region, what happened with that? Uh, they also wanted to be independent, mm-hmm. some of the people, not all of them. But Russia helped them, and uh, they are actually not part of Ukraine now. Like, Is Crimea considered so its it's own it's, country, or are they part of Russia now? I actually don't know. I, hmm. I, no, no, no. It, they are a part of Russia. It was? Yes, they uh, are, because I remember, I remember uh, Putin was uh, declaring, like, it's, in 2014 or where, where they became Russia. Like, Russia is now uh, uh, taking their old region back. Like, we are having our crime, Crimea region back to Russia with us as it always was. I remember they declared something like that. What were you going to say, Chris? Yeah, so as I understand it, uh, the claim was separatists, Russian-backed separatists invaded uh, Crimea, and then uh, they declared independence, and then uh, that got folded into Russia. So it's part it of Russia. Part of again. Russia, yeah. As I understand, again, this is 
not recognized by the international community, but it is, well, it's recognized effectively, by Russia. <laughs> it's effectively part of Russia again, uh, and Re- Russia obviously recognizes it as part of their territory now. Do you think, uh, uh, yeah. Galina, as far as what happened with Donetsk and Luhansk in 2014 declaring independence, do you think that that was legitimate? Do you believe that the people, the, the majority of the people in those areas did want to separate from uh, or do want to separate from Ukraine? I actually don't believe that the majority did want to separate. Mm. Maybe it's just some small part because you know I guess it's not how they done how how it's done. Like uh, if you want independence, you just I don't know write a letter in the into the government something like that. I just don't know. Well, they took a vote. So many people died. They they took a vote apparently, and they claimed that eighty nine percent voted at least in Donetsk. I don't yeah. know about Lansk, but but that uh, was post independence. <laughs> Well, that was they. They declared it, and they had an election on uh, that May. So they declared it in April of 2014, and then they had an, a, a uh, they had a vote on it in May of 2014. But of course, the other side says that the vote was illegitimate right. and it was stacked <laughs> with you know false ballots and right. It wasn't a vote under the Ukrainian government. It was well, a vote not. under they, the new government. Well, right, like. You know, when we vote here in uh, in yeah. New Hampshire, <laughs> I, whether the U.S. government acknowledges that is legitimate or not will be a whole other question. So ultimately, my my curiosity is, Galena, did you know? Do you think it was legitimate? And it sounds like you don't think that it was. Yeah, I don't think it was. But okay, I don't think it was. I mean, what's and then what's the definition of legitimate? Legal, yeah. <laughs> That's what that means. So, uh, Galena, are now you're in Kharkiv, which is just sort of to the northwest of uh, the Donbas province. There is there a lot of are there a lot of Russian speakers where you live? Yeah, most of people are Russian speakers. Most but, of them, uh, a lot of people, most of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, actually, we have a lot of Russian speakers are uh, in Kiev already. Mm-hmm. Like uh, half Ukrainian, half Russian, but here uh, most of people are speaking Russian. But um, none, almost none of them, they really want to be with Russia. Like they still say, like patriot of Ukraine. Like uh, I see. So even though they, they speak Russia or Russian, yeah. they speak Russian. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they want to it's join right. Russia. It doesn't mean they want to be mm-hmm. back under the rule of uh, of Putin. That's what yeah. you're saying. Well, we speak English. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, Galina, so as far as the invasion is concerned, the Russian media, uh, Vladimir Putin, claiming that they're in there to quote unquote denazify the, uh, the 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 Ukrainian government. Do you believe that there are Nazis that are running the Ukrainian government? No, that's crazy. Like, and also I heard in some news that Putin said that Ukraine actually invaded Russia, and now Russia is uh, like coming here to calm us down. Galena, I don't know if this is—is is this phone call costing you an arm and a leg, or can we hold hold on to you and and keep you on for another segment? No, no, it's not possible. I have like three minutes. Okay, great. Uh, hang on here. I want to see if we can keep Galena on. Uh, anybody has a question for her, uh, you can call in. And we're going to bring her back. She's calling us from Kharkiv in Ukraine, where it's probably early in the morning.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever is on your mind here. The phones are open uh, at 603-283-6160. We are grateful to have a caller on the line here who is actually in Ukraine calling from Kharkiv, which apparently is the second largest city. Uh, in Ukraine with uh, about 1.4 million population. It has as many people living in its city as New Hampshire does, the entire state uh, of New Hampshire. And so we're going to go back to her call and her thoughts. But, of course, your thoughts are welcome. Again, 603-283-6160. And I do want to let you know about Freedoms Phoenix. Uh, It's a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. If you want the newest and freshest stories and perspectives on current events from those who value liberty, then freedomsphoenix.com has them. They've got a daily dispatch, which is a great way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. You can go to freedomswithansphoenix.com. That's freedomsphoenix.com. We go back to Galena uh, calling us from Kharkiv, kind of you know, giving her perspective on what's been happening in Ukraine. We asked her about the 2014 coup, uh, the takeover in the government and the uh, declarations of independence in the nearby regions of uh, the states that have since, you know, supposedly declared themselves independent, the Donetsk and Luhansk republics now. And it was uh, Putin who was claiming that he was not invading Ukraine so much as he was going in to defend these uh, independent nations that he has uh, now recognized. You can tell he's defending them because he's dropping bombs on them. (laughs) Well, I think he would say that he's dropping bombs on military targets in other cities now in Ukraine to protect the interests of these independent nations at least that's the official line now galena you unfortunately are uh, you know sitting there in the second most uh, uh-huh. populated city there in uh, ukraine are you hiding uh, they're saying the mainstream media is saying people are hiding in basements uh because they're you know obviously concerned about bombs being dropped and that sort of thing what is what is it like there right now for you so many people they uh, went to some other regions where they don't hear the birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, lots of people like they pack suitcases, especially those who have children, and they just went away. Uh, I am actually sitting in my apartment, mm-hmm. but some people they uh, hide in the basements. That's true. Like uh, because I look what happens out of the window, and yesterday many people from the uh, building neighboring neighboring building they went to the basement and I'm not sure if it's a good idea because uh, you know they say if uh, the bomb uh, drops on your building then you're going to be buried under that building if you're in I don't know if there's a good place to do, yeah where's the best place to be if a bomb drops on your building I suspect nowhere is someplace it? else yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh, out to lunch is there have been reports that the government uh gang there in the U- in Ukraine has refused to allow men up to age 60 to leave the, the country, because there's obviously a lot of people that are trying to exit into Poland and other surrounding areas to, you know, as refugees, essentially to get the hell out. Uh, but they're now apparently saying yeah. that the men are not allowed to leave. Uh, do you believe that there is a draft? Is there a draft going on or is that imminent? Is that coming soon? Um, I'm, I'm sure they could uh, forbid some people to, to leave the country. That's true, because uh, when it's wartime, the army needs men. 
mm-hmm. and uh, like uh, what it what was in 2014, uh, they have this thing called uh, like mobilization, where they when the army calls up all the people like from from uh, 18 to 27 or 18 to like 35 or maybe like 18 to 65, it mm-hmm. depends on the situation. And um, the husband of my sister, he went uh, in 2014, he went like to that kind of that war that they had. He returned alive, but some people did not. And you say they call that mobilization? So, uh, the word for that in, in uh, your country is mobilization? Um um, that means like, uh, like to mobilize. I don't know. Like no, no. To, I understand the. I understand the word. Like just, stronger. I just. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I just, it's interesting the different words. So in the United States, the term they use is the draft, uh, and that's where they take people uh, who who oh. previously had uh-huh. not been in the military, and they say, "Well, kid, you're in the military now. Here's a gun, and we're going to tell you what to do." And uh, those of us who are freedom lovers, we are we oppose yeah. the draft. We, you know, even in the idea of of wartime, mm-hmm. people should be able to join voluntarily if that's mm-hmm. something that uh, that they want to do. What's the uh, what's the situation there with the internet right now? Uh, has the has any internet connections been cut? I presume you're calling us over an internet connection right now. Do you have access? To to, uh, to online, uh, I have access today. Yesterday morning, I woke up, uh, got message from uh, my coworker that we don't work today. Was thinking, all right, gonna have a nice flight day at home. Opened my laptop and realized that there's no internet. But mm. it got back uh, till at night. It got back yesterday night. And tonight, today, I, I have uh, internet. Everything is fine. Okay, good. And um, and I'm calling you not from the internet, just from my mobile. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, How yeah. did you? Uh, are you a listener of pre- uh, Free Talk Live previously? Have you listened to this show for some time, or are you new to the the program? What What's your history with us? Yeah, I was listening to your show like uh, for a couple of years now. I started when it was. Uh, I guess it's 2020 when the coronavirus. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just dump your call there for a moment. We have we have uh, rules in in the United States. Uh, uh, the sorry, FCC I'm doesn't sorry. let you say the okay. S word. So uh, most t- most calls uh-huh. I would have to drop the call, but since you're pretty unusual, I definitely want to make sure we we continue uh, with you here. But yes, yeah, so oh, you didn't believe you. in the coronavirus uh, crackdowns, and so that's how you found the show. That's what you were trying to say, and so kudos uh, to you for that, guys. You've been listening pretty uh, quietly here to Galena. D- uh, do you have questions for her that I yeah, didn't cover? Yeah. I'm kind of curious about the denazification thing. Um, isn't the president of uh, Ukraine Jewish? I'm not sure. <laughs> Nobody knows. A lot Interesting. Of people in Ukraine may may be Jewish in some part of their genetics, but that's fine. Okay, so it might be that's interesting. So this might actually be uh, propaganda from like the Western side, maybe. So what in Russia there are lots of Jews as well in Moscow. Like that's. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I was aware of that. Yeah, the mainstream media is definitely claiming he's he's Jewish. So yeah, right, that's, right. That's definitely out there. Um, oh. Nobody, any questions for Galena? Um, no, I'm I'm interested in in listening. Galena, what else did you want to share with our audience tonight? 
Is Aria coming on air sometime? Actually, yes. Um, she is planning to be back. She had a uh, an operation. Uh, she had throat surgery, and so was unable to actually speak for a number of weeks. She believes she is ready to return to the air, so we're going to have her back on Monday. Nobody, uh, you're still welcome to join us on really? Monday nights. So it'll be the three of us. I, I wonder what it's like to be around Ari and she's not talking. So, so uh, <laughs> Galena, thank you for the call tonight. Feel free to continue to call us thank with you. with updates from there in uh, in Ukraine. Definitely appreciate it, and feel free to call in on Monday when Ari is back with us. We got more coming up. You can join us on Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything that you want. We're talking about Ukraine. We actually were talking with a Ukrainian just a few moments ago. And Galena had called in from Kharkiv. And hopefully we will continue to hear from her. Hopefully nothing bad uh, will transpire in her vicinity. But it is the second largest city uh, in all of uh, of Ukraine, so uh, best wishes to her and and anybody out there uh, that's that's listening to us, and, and thank you for for joining the show. The number again six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Trying to get a feel for the different sides, the different opinions, the different propaganda uh, that is out there, because it is important, I think, to take in both sides and you know try to get some semblance of what the truth might be because it's probably not either one side or the other it's probably somewhere out there in between or something completely different um so your opinion whatever the truth is you're not going to get it from a government no doubt uh so you're welcome to join us you can bring up whatever is on your mind we're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts here uh we'll start out with olivia who's been waiting patiently in arizona olivia you're on free talk live Hey guys, that was a really awesome call by Galena. I hope she continues to call in because it's really interesting to hear from a real person there. Yeah, yeah, it gets pretty tiresome to uh, just have to rely on, you know, mainstream media and government propaganda. Exactly. So, Galena, please continue to call. I love your call. And also, nobody, I'm so excited to see you. I think she said she's so excited to see you. Nobody, oh. she, she cut off there a second. It's it's good to hear your voice too. I I missed you when you weren't calling. And then of course I wasn't on for a while, <laughs> right? For like nine months for a while. Yeah, like that. <laughs> that was uh, understatement. Olivia, but... do we lose you? Are you still there? Yep, she got cut off. Uh, feel free to call back. We definitely did not hang up that line. Oh, Olivia. I'm so 
Oh. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you now. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, Bonnie, Bonnie would read quotes by, by nobody. It, was, so it just wasn't the same. I'm glad she did, but it wasn't the same. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was nice having a little bit of nobody flavor in the show, though. So uh, Bonnie did a really good job doing that research on those quotes. I, I really appreciated her doing that. Yeah, too. it was really a nice touch. What did you? What were you calling about, Olivia, tonight? Besides, you know, welcoming nobody back. Oh, I was calling about you know the same thing as everyone else. Inflation. It's it's been really distressing going to the store and seeing the prices go up every time. And it's it's something that like I've talked about with everyone I've talked to. We're all saying the same thing. Like, how is this? What are we supposed to do? And buy crypto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say that again. Um, I don't know if it was yesterday, but Ian had talked about inflation just means uh, they're printing more money. That's right. And I was just wondering, like, where is it all going? Because I haven't really seen any of it. Nobody oh, yeah, knows. yeah. You won't get much of it at all. I mean, you, you got a <laughs> little of bit of it or or most people did. Um, inflation takes time to hit. Mm-hmm. And two years ago. When COVID started, they printed out like uh, three quarters of a billion dollar or um, uh, it was like two trillion or something like that. Wasn't yeah. It? Well, they they printed out like a fraction of a trillion, gave it to the American people. Then they printed out three trillion and handed it out to corporations. Correct. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, wasn't it the politicians' buddies that they mostly oh, handed it course. to? Yeah. The uh, well, medicine industrial complex, the military industrial complex. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, the the, the little cr- the crumbs for us were just so we'd shut up while they paid off their buddies handsomely. Yeah. Yeah, I I just don't understand what their buddies are doing with it. They have more money than they could spend in ten. Well, they spend it. I they're, mean, they're, they're buying super yachts. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're buying. They're things paying with Epst- it. the whoever's replaced Epstein. They're uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- that money is likely being spent on things, and eventually it will trickle its way down into the rest of the economy, and thereby, you know, all of the. Uh, uh, the the prices tend to go up as a result of having more dollars chasing the same amount of goods. Or in the case of supply issues, you actually have more dollars chasing a smaller amount of goods oh, in yeah. the country today because there's just not enough uh, logistics out there at the moment because we had one ca- uh, trucker call in the other night saying that he doesn't want to work because they're lowering the rates on him. Uh, wow. And so he's not willing to... Wait, what? It's contrary to what I've heard. I've heard that they're paying truckers uh, through the nose these days, but this guy said the opposite was true and that he said they're not offering him enough to come to work. Uh, so he's not bothering. He's going to go huh. and join the convoy instead. That's insane. You would <laughs> think that they would be paying. Why, why? You know what's crazy is I'm paying more for shipping. Mm-hmm. So how is it that truckers are getting less? I don't know. Well, this is what he said. I mean, they're, they manipulate the, the economy. A lot, big well, business. I, I think and, I mean, somebody's got to be somebody's got to be profiting, is what I'm trying to say. I well, think. somebody oh, yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Well, the gas prices are going up, so it so costs part of it's more going to operate the gas. The, yeah. The yeah, that truck. makes sense. Uh, and the supply chain issue issues. I don't think they're an accident. No, definitely not. Somebody wants mm. that for some reason. I don't know what it is. Mm. Olivia, uh, did we answer your question? Uh, that was a great answer. I had one other thing to say to your earlier caller, Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, for not financial advice, I'm not a professional, but 
Uh, for his relatives who do, do the stock market, Nancy Tracker on Gab. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard about Yeah. What is it? Uh, it, it follows Nancy Pelosi's uh, husband's stock trades <laughs> and because she she beats the market by like right because she's an insider yeah yeah she <laughs> does insider trading but they don't prosecute her like they do no, some of people of course not hey that's an interesting it's uh, legal tip. for Congress to do insider trading <laughs> of course it is and they actually asked Nancy Pelosi about that and she defended it she mm. said it's a free market which <laughs> considering that she's a government yeah. official making it not yeah. free is it's free for her that's yeah, yeah. that that's reminds me of the, she's free yeah that not reminds the rest me of the of uh, the cops and Derek J's victimless crime spree in one scene uh, one of the cop talks about how he feels free he's free <laughs> and it's like yeah you might be but the rest of us aren't thanks olivia for the call tonight i appreciate it let's go to uh we got chuck on the line in washington state chuck you're on free talk live go ahead I, I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't get a chance to ask uh, your caller from Ukraine a, a, a question I think that everybody would be interested in. My question for her would be, and, and I hope she's still listening and maybe she could call in and uh, give us an account of the the kind of preparation on the battlefield that she observed in her local community prior to uh, the events that we're all talking about today. What I mean by that is, did she see um, Russian propagandist type of campaign activity out there on the streets prior to uh, this assault that's occurring right now? Mm. Uh, I think it's a valid question. And, and I'll follow this up by a, a comment. I think that David Olson from New Mexico should tell everybody how he spells his last name because I don't think he's a Jew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks right. for the call tonight, Chuck. Appreciate uh, the question. Well, I'd go find out if he's a Jew, but I'm paralyzed by not caring very much. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Dave Ridley is on the line from RidleyReport.com. Ridley, you're on Free Talk Live. Call hey, tonight. guys. Yes, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I did something today that some people are kind of seem to be saying I maybe shouldn't have done, hmm. and, and, and that was I re- released a statement on behalf of NHExit.com, which is basically just me. That's your website. Um, uh, yeah, uh, a statement related to the Ukraine crisis and New Hampshire independence. All right. And what was and it? You want to couple, summarize it? Yeah, a couple of points. Uh, first of all, yeah, I mean, obviously the Russian government, I think this is an all-out like all conventional warfare attack. Like, that, that's not done in, except by, you know, it, not, not recently. Yeah. Uh, so that, that yeah, that's, that's, that's wildly excessive, whatever their legitimate grievances might be. Uh, and uh, the initial success of it is an indication. I mean, the, the initial success of it is an indication that Washington cannot be relied on to protect New Hampshire, uh, because look how much they did. You know, they shipped them all these weapons. They did all this training. Uh, and hold that they, thought, they Ridley. I want you to continue. We'll flesh this out here in a discussion with uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com, the creator over at uh, NHExit.com, which is different from NHExit.org, different from NHExit.us. Decentralized movement, There are multiple... We're balkanized in our (laughs) secession movement. More coming up here in moments. You can share your thoughts as well on Ukraine or whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live.
Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Bring up anything you want. That's 603-283-6160. We've been talking off and on tonight about Ukraine and Russia. We actually had a lady call in from uh, Kharkiv, which is the second largest city in Ukraine. With you tonight, it's Ian, Nobody, and Chris. And coming up, I I definitely want to get into something you brought in tonight, Chris, which is uh, this Ruby on Rails thing, which is... Oh, sorry, you're muted accidentally there. Sorry. Yeah, the developer. Uh, yeah, who's, I guess, you know, fairly well-known developer uh, person. He has changed his opinion about Bitcoin in a big way. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about that. And for good reasons, too. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into it. Hmm. That's on the way. But right now, we've got Dave Ridley. He's on the line with us from Ridley, RidleyReport.com. And Ridley, you are uh, one of the creators over at NHExit.com. You made a statement today about Ukraine, and you were kind of getting into that with us. Can you kind of recap for our listeners just tuning in? Yeah, first thing, you know, the the, the Russian reaction is is excessive, way excessive, mm-hmm. completely wrong. Uh, the initial success of it is an indication that Washington cannot protect New Hampshire because it obviously can't protect Ukraine. Uh, and the third thing, the Ukraine and government Ukraine paid has, Biden a lot of money. Ukraine Hunter has Biden, made yeah. the Ukraine has made the invasion practical uh, by uh, all its gun control laws. Mm. Uh, they only have seven civilian guns, seven guns in the hands of civilians per one hundred persons. Wow, that's compared to probably about one thirty in New Hampshire per one hundred. It's 120, I think, on Wait, average. It's 130 States. per 100 people in New Hampshire. Is that what you just said? Roughly. It's <laughs> All right. <laughs> Somebody's going to have some spares. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Now, to their credit, the Ukrainian government figured this out at the last minute and has finally authorized all its people, I think, to, to be armed pretty much wherever they go. Sure, but they're also uh, going to draft until, the, uh, the males into the military. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not but like yeah, they care until, about freedom. They just care about up protecting this, their uh, their government. Up until this week, according to Wikipedia, uh, they were not allowing fighting age males to have firearms, basically, as mm-hmm. best I could tell, uh, unless they were in the military. So, yeah. Um, and of course, but of course, again, it's it's so complicated. Washington has provoked Moscow by moving NATO closer and closer to Moscow's border, right. which they have reason mm-hmm. to be scared. Uh, 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 Joe Biden just said this thing that was ridiculous. He said, quote, Putin chose this war and now he and his country will bear the consequences, unquote, which just blew his opportunity to help uh, divide Putin from the Russian people. He was just throwing the Russian people into the fire as though they were all guilty for this, which they are absolutely not. They're the ones who are going to be suffering under these sanctions. Yeah, this, you know, this kind of reminds me about your New Hampshire comments. Yeah, it's like, you know, whether whether the government is going to protect New Hampshire, they're not going to protect me, right? Um, yeah. I, I think it's kind of what you have to remember about this. Russia, you know, Russia is not going to protect its citizens. It's going to protect its its in governmental interests. Yeah, it's going to protect military yeah. bases, yeah. government buildings, and uh, politicians' houses. Yeah, they killed a million people in Iraq because Iraq was ruled by the wrong tyrant. Those people didn't yeah. have any choice. Yep. that they killed. I've got a happy thought for you, though, Dave. I wanted to share it with you. Uh, just before the raid, um, I had finished downloading your entire uh, uh, video collection from mm-hmm. YouTube 
onto my uh, on on my three terabyte drive, and so somewhere at the FBI, <laughs> some poor bastard is listening to every, every word <laughs> you ever published, and I'm waiting for him to show up in New Hampshire and go. Say sorry. All right, I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thanks, Rich. I hadn't forgotten that you'd done that. I told quite a few people that you did that. Um, and yeah, with, with any luck, that will actually survive their archiving process. And you know, someday it'll, it'll come back. And there are, mm-hmm. other, there, are, there are other sort of crude archives of it, too. So it's, it's not all going to be lost when they come for all of, uh, of the things we've said. But, um, but I did have one, one other thing. is you know, It's important, important to have solutions. And the suggested solution... Uh, I have is for New Hampshire to peaceably declare independence from the yep. U.S. as it was already planning on doing. Uh, that has a side effect of taking us off the nuclear target list, but we keep faith with the current allies that New Hampshire has by giving them a chance to remain allies with New Hampshire by saying, "Okay, you you have the chance to remain allies with us if you eliminate your gun control laws. Uh, <laughs> you don't expect us you don't expect us to tax our people to, to help you, but you we then we can stay allies. But man, tell you what, we are not we should never be allied again with another nation that can, controls its people's guns." I say free trade with all nations and tangling alliances with, with none. none. Yeah. Good advice. Hey, Ridley, thanks for the call well, tonight. Yeah, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, yeah, starting from scratch, of course, that would be fine. But right now, if you, if like New Hampshire were right now to like just turn its back on, on Europe or, or, or declare neutrality, that would be perceived as backstabbing as in, and as helping the Russians. And so there, there, I think there has to be an untangling process. Huh. Why would it be? Well, there's a lot of distance between us and the Russians. I don't know if yeah. it would be presumed which that I am very pleased. New Hampshire would have the same allies as upon uh, secession from the United States. I don't see any reason to presume that we're just going to take the list from the U.S. government and say, all right, well, these are our allies and these aren't. Yeah. And I think that we would have a, a, a clean slate immediately upon independence. I don't think we'd have any allies, to be honest. Yeah, we would have well, to work like, for anything. Like imagining... Sorry, we, we imagine what it would. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We would have to work for any kind of international recognition. Yeah. I mean, that we we wouldn't just be able to knock on their door and say, "Hey, buddy," you know. We would we'd have to ask real nice, like, and yeah, say, "Hey, it's, you know." It's one thing for people to trade with us; it's another thing to recognize us officially. Yeah, that's true. And it's mm. likely the world would just take this off their off of our agenda and make it easy for us by refusing to comply with these demands. No problem. We can be independent and neutral. No no problem. Uh, in that case, but uh, but imagine you know if you were to transport yourself back to 1939 and pick that moment right, like to or 1942 to pick that moment to separate from the United States and try and reorganize the defense right in the middle of a war. It's very difficult to do that without being perceived as the backstabber helping hmm. the the uh, the big aggressor like like Russia is right now. Thank you for the call tonight, uh, Dave. I appreciate hearing from you. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Your thoughts are welcome. We go to Tom calling us from New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Tom. Wednesday evening, the Hudson Police Station was uh, open to open house. Uh, they were giving tours because there's a ballot uh, question for the town's voters uh, on uh, renovations and uh, how to uh, remodel the place for uh, uh, you know more space. 
And so I went there and I asked a couple of questions while I was in uh, a guided tour group. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're, they're explaining uh, what the proposed renovations would be. And, mm -hmm. you know, you give them a tour and then voters will know when they go to vote on March 8th. Now, uh, they used to have just one detective division years ago when the joint was first built. And they're saying now there's three divisions, and one of them is the narcotics detectives division, and they're going to be uh, assigned their own room over here. And they're showing the map of the place. Mm -hmm. And uh, I asked the question, well, if they're short on space, why don't they just simply discontinue drug enforcement altogether, and Ooh. then they can use that space for crimes with the victims? Cause nice question. Cocaine, I like the way you think. Any. And uh, the enemy agent replied, uh, about other crimes, because, you know, I mean, if you're using fentanyl, if you're using uh, OxyContin, then uh, you're going to be committing these other crimes. And instead of prosecuting you for those crimes that have a victim, they'd rather, uh, I guess they'd rather prosecute uh, you know, for the victimless crime, the uh, peaceful action of abusing certain harmful drugs. Yeah, that, that was... They just want to make their job easier. That's why they, they outlaw. That's that's why we have these possession laws, right? It's if, because it's a lot easier to charge you with possession and get a conviction than it is to charge you with like an actual violent crime. If the, if the OxyContin was as cheap as it would be without the war on drugs, which is about 50 cents a dose, then people wouldn't need to commit crimes for it any more than they need to commit crimes for uh, for cigarettes, yeah. which they rarely do, and furthermore, they'd probably be taking it enough that they were incapable to get off the couch to f and commit a crime. Tom, did you have more highlights from the tour that you wanted to share? Yes. All right, hang on. We'll uh, we'll continue here in moments. Uh, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty sounds like it was pretty entertaining with Tom along for the, the tour in that particular case. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. I bet they didn't expect those kind of questions. More coming up here. Uh, kudos to him for being willing to ask them in the bowels of the beast. Hour three is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. We're kicking off the third hour. The number is 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. This is Free Talk Live. The number again, 603-283-6160. Busy night on the phones here. Uh, we've been talking primarily about Ukraine. Uh, we actually had a Ukrainian woman call in from Kharkiv earlier tonight. And, of course, you can bring up whatever you want to discuss. We're actually going to continue a phone call from the last hour. If you're just tuning in, we had Tom on the line in New Hampshire who was telling us about a visit that he uh, he made to the police department in, in his town in New Hampshire. And the reason for this visit was the police department is asking for, I'm sure, some number of millions of dollars. And apparently in the town, it has to go on up to a vote. It's not like a city council that can just vote for, for it on the council. The people of the town have to approve this. Nice. And so they are having the open house where you can show up and they'll give you a tour of the police station. They'll tell you where they want to spend the money that they're they're asking the townspeople to approve. They really ought to sell off the cocaine in their evidence locker. That ought to cover it. <laughs> and Tom is somebody who is a uh, critic of the police, and he is he wants to see an end to the war on drugs. So when they started talking about 
on the tour that you went on, Tom, when they started talking about how they want to expand the drug division into its own area or the drug detectives to have their own uh, special room, you asked them a tough question. Can you recap that question for us? Well, yeah, if they're tight on space here, why don't they just shut down drug enforcement altogether and then they could use that room for crimes that have victims? And, uh, you know, because if they're selling cocaine, then you don't have to buy any. And you said he dodged, the cop that was giving the tour dodged the question by claiming that, well, they also investigate crimes with victims because sometimes drug users will uh, break and enter a house or hold up a convenience store and that kind of thing. Yeah, but they end up with... And it went on to say that when uh, when they're breaking into people's houses, they're not doing it to pay the electric bill. Yeah, we we end up with more so-called criminals when they you know create possession laws and, and similar uh, because ultimately you end up with arresting people who also, even though they take drugs, aren't necessarily going to commit violent crime, which probably is most drug users. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple other uh, episodes uh, highlights of the visit. Uh, when they were showing us where the restrooms were and where they would be, I asked, did you hear about the time a toilet got stolen out of a police station? <laughs> and detect- detectives had nothing to go on. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, How many other people then, were on this tour with you, by the way? Oh, uh, like about eight other people in okay. this particular group. Okay. And then, uh, then went to... Uh, the locker room, the women's locker room, and they're telling us where uh, renovations would be made there. And I asked, now, is this uh, for the ones that really are women, or is, <laughs> is this also for, uh, you know, like men that are disappointed that they're not a woman, so they pretend to be a woman? And uh, the answer is, you know, with the remodeling, they have to have three locker rooms. I said, what, uh, men, women, and undecided? And, you know, pretty much under the Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, that's what they got to do now. So what was the amount of millions of dollars? I'm just guessing it was millions. What are they looking for from taxpayers for this? Uh, a million and change, one point something million dollars for the renovations. And how and many police agents it. does the town of Hudson, which is one of the larger towns as far as population, if I recall correctly, in New Hampshire, uh, how many agents does it have? Uh, 55, they said, wow. more or less. So, yeah, uh, I think I'm going to vote against it. All right. Thanks for the call tonight, Tom. I appreciate it. <laughs> Glad to hear it. The number here is as six. As long as they've got a, a drug enforcement task force, you know they've got more budget than, than they, they need. need. Uh, we go to, in fact, they make their own budgets in a lot of cases because of all the drug seizures and yeah. the, uh, they get auction that stuff off and they make a ton of money that way. Mm. Uh, we go to Jack calling us from uh, Washington State. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. How many of you guys were part of the uh, the crime spree, the victim of crime spree at your studio? Um, I was there. Yeah, I was. Cer- I was certainly there for it. Uh, Derek you and I got says I was one of his uh, one of his inspirations for moving here. <laughs> Did you feel like you were kind of like uh, molested in a weird kind of way by the government attacking you? Oh, I've been molested many times by the government. We had a doctor in the Cheshire County Jail. We used to call him Dr. Touch because <laughs> uh, you'd go to him with a sprained ankle and he'd want you to turn turn your head and cough. Oh, it's like, man. Doc, well, I'm pretty sure it's not a hernia. Subject right there. Holy smokes. Okay, thank you. Uh, my comparison is to Ukraine. You know, 
there's a certain government within your system at your studio, whether you know it or not, you know, whether it be Captain Kickbutt or whatever. And, you know, Ukraine, you know, you want to laugh at them here and there, but if you follow it pretty closely, they're being molested right now. And they're, they're handing out guns to old women. And I don't think you guys have looked into it very much. I love you guys. What do you mean we haven't looked into it? We've been covering Ukraine for the last few days in depth as much as we possibly can. We were, we were already talking about how they were handing out guns uh, last night. I'm just saying that, you know, when people invade your property, even sometimes if it's a government, and some of these governments are very immature. They are not, you know, at the level of the the power, uh, you know, the United States, China, they're virgins, if you will, and they're being molested. I don't know why I'm going. I'm not sure what you're saying. Are you saying the Ukrainian government is immature? We should root for Ukraine in this battle. People are dying. Why would you root for a criminal enterprise? Because just like if somebody came into your home or your studio and attacked you, you should want to defend it. But I'm not a criminal enterprise. According to the government, you are. (laughs) They're a bunch of liars. They're the ones who actually (laughs) murder people. They're the ones who actually drop bombs on innocent people. They drop bombs, dude. They kill people. I certainly wish the best for the people of the Ukraine. I don't care whether their government lives or dies. And I don't yeah. care if, if Putin's government yeah, this, lives or this, dies. This goes back to what I was you saying earlier about New Hampshire and how we're not research. actually, uh, even, even if the you, United States would, not, would protect New Hampshire, it's not going to protect us, the people of New Hampshire. Yeah, I'm not sure. You were saying New something New there about research, Jack. Go ahead. New, New Hampshire is not going to separate from the United States government, man. Why I not? Mean, it, cause well, we'll keep working on it. How do you know? If at first because you don't succeed, why is it impossible? I, I I wish it would. I root for it. I wish it would happen. Uh, I'm pretty you sure. Remember when it was impossible to escape the Soviet Union? Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure it was impossible for the for the colonies to escape Britain too at mm-hmm. the time. That was a that was a bigger empire than the United States is today. There so. were definitely people who said yeah. this is insane. You can't do this. They yeah. were in another land, my friend. That is not true. They weren't within Britain. Okay, it's all just imaginary, you know. We're very far <laughs> away from Washington, D.C. Once again, I wish that New Hampshire and every other state go separate. I'm well, you not don't really wish. You, you don't believe yes, it's possible. So if I you want to you you see that. something come to, uh, come to fruition, you have to believe in it for it to happen. Yeah. Well, the U.S. I, I government isn't going to last forever. Yeah, it, it doesn't even matter if it's if it's. I think I think maybe it's more. You're talking about the feasibility of it, and um, you know, even if it's not feasible today, that doesn't necessarily mean we shouldn't be talking about it, and that it won't. Right. It could be feasible tomorrow, right? But it won't be feasible tomorrow if you don't start talking about it today. Yeah, so. it will only be feasible if people believe it's feasible. That's the only time it'll ever happen yeah. if people actually believe it can happen. As you point out, nobody, no government lasts forever. Yeah, nobody in the CIA saw the fall of the Soviet Union coming. 
So why would we expect them to see the fall of the United States empire coming? Indeed. Yeah, I mean, even even the union leader had a poll, just a general poll, right? And it had something, oh, I'm trying to think what the numbers were now. It was like something like 71 to 76%, depending on when you looked, uh, of the people of New Hampshire supported independence. So It peaked at over 80% at one point. It got up to 80%. I only saw it over 80%. 76%. It, it came down after it peaked yeah. at that. Well, anyway, the point, the, the point that I'm making is that there, there may be way more support here than we perceive. So Thank you, Jack, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. And if you think we haven't done enough research, then the phones are open and you can call in and tell us what we're wrong about or whatever. But I'm not going to, I'm with nobody on this. I'm not going to support a criminal enterprise. And every government on the planet are people who use violence against others. The Ukrainian government is now using violence against its own people to prevent them from leaving a war zone. <laughs> There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. The nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And Chris. Uh, we're going to continue with more of your phone calls and thoughts. Of course, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Plus, coming up, a major programmer in the world of uh, computer programming has changed his mind about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. We'll explain what happened here in uh, in moments. But first, we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. Uh, first up, Major Payne is on the line calling from Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Major Payne. Hey, good evening, fellas. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh. Nobody. Good to have you back. I've Thanks. Always warned Good to be back. Going sailing with the tidy bowl, man. So I'm glad you didn't go down with the ship. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What you got? So anyway, um, there's a couple of boxers that were evidently, I, did, I haven't followed boxing very closely, but they were quite famous over here. A couple of brothers. And one of them's evidently the uh, mayor of uh, Kiev or however, they're, however, whichever way you want to enunciate it. Eve, I think is the way they pronounce it. Mm-hmm. But uh, and his brother is uh, like the chief of police or something. But anyway, they got pictures of them today, and they're all in Kevlar and you know bullets and ready to go. And come on, Putin, bring it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Russian hype being what it is, I'm wondering when the pictures are going to show up of uh, shirtless Putin with a couple of bandoleros of bullets and a knife in his teeth riding a horse in front of his tanks. Yeah, they already had those pictures, didn't they, a few years ago with Putin shirtless yeah, yeah. riding a horse? Yeah, they had him shirtless fly fishing, and he just thinks he's the cat's meow. Yeah. I don't know, man. He's a legend in his own mind. <laughs> there you go, brother. There Thanks, Major Payne, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, let's talk to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Sarah. Oh, yes, um... Okay, there was a caller yesterday. Was that guy that just called in? I don't know. He's the one that mentioned that when President Obama was in office, the Ukrainians asked for help because they were fighting back and forth for eight years. And what he said was that they sent Obama sent them boxes of blankets and some cans of Band-Aid. What they were asking for was artilleries and ammunition and mm-hmm. bombs and guns. So that's what I sent him. Although, you know, I don't I don't really know how true it is, but 
it makes sense because you know that <clears throat> Obama um, had the signatures and communist parties in America. They have, you know, they, they have a signing sheet. And then he signed up when they attended these communist party meetings. And no wonder he could care less if the Russians won. Okay, let me see if I'm following what you're saying here. You're saying, because you have to understand Sarah's call in the context of her other phone calls. If you're a brand new listener, you have no idea what she's referring to. Uh, Sarah is a communist, and she believes that Vladimir Putin is secretly a communist, and that the Russian government is a communist secret government, so secretly they're a communist government, and that they should... Impossible. Nobody's starving in Russia anymore. <laughs> right. So, but they, that's what she believes, and so you're saying that because uh, Obama is, in your mind, a communist, that therefore right. they, 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 he yeah, did right. not want to help... Hold on, I'm just trying to explain your call okay. as I understand okay. it. You can tell me if I've got, right. got it right. So therefore, because Obama is also a secret communist... That he is with the Russians, and so therefore when the Ukrainian government asked for assistance, that's why he sent blankets instead of weapons, because he wants the Ukrainians to lose in a conflict with Russia, because communism. And also Band-Aids. And maybe okay, he but you're saying I got it right. I just wanted to make sure I understood what you were saying, and <laughs> you're saying I did understand what you were saying. Right. When they, when they asked for help, they wanted uh, guns, ammunition, artilleries, and bombs, yeah. or tanks, or whatever. You guys and he, buy that one? got blankets. Yeah, I mean, I understand but, that, that that's the case with something like Germany did something like that, but my understanding is that the United States sent, like, serious military gear, like rocket launchers, or something that will take out tanks and things, so... Yeah, the, the United States um, has I mean, been arming the uh, Ukrainians for some time, from what I understand. Yeah. So I think you're completely no, yeah, wrong yeah, about yeah, that, Sarah. Yeah, right. Although I don't disagree well, with you that Obama may be a communist. I mean, that, that may be the only yeah, part that's true in what you've said so far. Well, so they, you should send me some money. Wait, wait, Hold on, she didn't hear you. Sarah, Sarah, nobody you sh- has them. You should send me some money. <laughs> well, you know what? You're a nobody. Why should a nobody get some money? Okay? So, well, I anyway. don't feel like working, so I think you should support me. Well, you have to convince the Social Security office. Can you convince them that you're ill in the head or body, that you can't work? Ain't nothing wrong if with not, me. I just don't <laughs> feel like working. Well, I mean, tell them that you're not going to get any money. You have to have a doctor's records. But I just want to say, Obama was accused. He is a communist because he had signatures, signing sheets going into the communist Oh, party. I believe you on that That's- one. I just don't believe the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, but I used to go to uh, these many of these communist So just parties. to clarify, Sarah, you're, just to clarify, I don't want you to just dodge what nobody is saying here. You don't want to help people. You yeah. don't want to actually send people who, you know, want some help, some money, because you want the government to do everything, right? Like, you don't actually believe in communism. Well, you know something? That, you ask me why they, they take religious faith people now. Whatever the religious people believing in poor and starving and helping people is a communist value. No, 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 no. Communist force uh, people who people who help people out of charity, which is what most religions promote, do it voluntarily. That's what sharing is. What communists do is they force unwilling other people at gunpoint to give up what they've earned 
So it's the opposite of Christianity. Uh, nobody, I mean, Jesus never said, jack your neighbor's stuff <laughs> and give it to the poor. Yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're taking from the crony capitalists, the extortionists. No, the, they're taking from absolutely everyone. It's the cronies that they don't take from. Yeah. They take from the people who earn it. Thank you for the call tonight, Sarah. The number is 603-283-6160. Uh, David in New Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, responding to Chuckles the Clown in Washington. Uh, King, King David Chuckles. Uh, Ol- Olsenowski. That Jewish enough for you, <laughs> and um, so let, let me take the thank you, Chuck. Let me take the opportunity and reply to you and do something that I've been meaning to do for a long time. Um, my Olson O L S O N, my my mother's maiden name, the Norwegian and uh, non-Jewish German side of the family, and uh, my father's name Chuckles is, uh, and you can make fun of it. You can make fun of this too, uh, Chuck. Think, F I N K, think. Um, that's that's my father's name. And here's where uh, I thank Chuck and the listeners, if they're interested, can help. Because when uh, my uh, mother and father split up when I was an infant, um, I never saw him again. So wow. uh, other than as an infant, I have never, ever, ever met my father, Dieter Fink. Dieter Fink. So well, there's more than uh, we expected to know. Thank you for the call tonight, uh, David. Appreciate it. Uh, the caller earlier did make it personal, and so he was responding to that. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. Now you know. 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. Coming up on Free Talk Live. Your thoughts are welcome. Talk live. Phones open here. You can join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, nobody and Chris in the studio tonight. And of course you can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's the thing we do here. Open phones every night of the week. We do the show seven nights a week. If you want, you can join us online over on our social media site, social.freetalklive.com. That's social.freetalklive.com. We got a Mastodon-based social media site that we run. It's on our server. We get to decide how it works, and we've set the rules as pretty open. Like you can post pretty much whatever you want there. Uh, your opinions are welcome over at social.freetalklive.com, and we've got apps for all of the operating systems. Unlike Trump's website, so-called Truth Social, that had a pathetic launch earlier this week with only Apple. And even that they're Wait, running what? Mastodon, they're running Mastodon. <laughs> Wait, so like, why? What? Doesn't Wait, make any sense. What? It doesn't make any sense. I gotta tell you, I hate Apple. Yeah, they, I. I mean, yeah. Apple is Apple has a minority share of the market. Why would you start it with Apple? Doesn't make sense. I don't know. I guess Trump likes minorities more than everybody <laughs> thought. <laughs> Apparently, I, I, don't, I guess we're not giving enough credit for. Uh, you know, supporting minorities? That seems so contrary to so Trump. You hate Apple now more than ever, right, nobody? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you got a lot of it. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of, uh, I've, tell, I've had an Apple for a week. I can't use it because I don't, <laughs> because I can't get permission to install software. And they ain't the, the government, is it? machine that belongs to me, yeah. in theory, or <laughs> belongs to the church, really, but... but it's crazy. Nonetheless, it's it's crazy. They've got everything so locked down 
that they have more control over your machine <laughs> than you do. Than you do. <laughs> I'm afraid you might not be able to access it ever uh, after you've said this on air with Apple. <laughs> yeah, knows? it's possible. They're they might all, lock you out. They're all about the censorship. We're going to talk a little bit more about tech coming up here with a major programmer in the uh, the programming world changing his mind about Bitcoin. But first, we're going to Richard in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live, Richard. Richard? Yeah, I was on a bus today, and people were talking about a possible nuclear war. And I made a comment to the guys on the bus that when I was 10 years old, which was 60 years ago, we had school drills where in case of a missile attack from Russia way back 60 years ago, we would have a siren go off in our schoolroom, and we would all dive under our desk. It was a wooden desk. Yeah. It was supposed to protect us if we got if our school got. No one believes bomb. that crap, right? Like yeah. you guys didn't buy that back then, right? You just get under the desk, you put your head between your legs, and you kiss your butt goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty much. Uh, Nobody really understood back then, apparently, how redundant that was, because a a bomb, when your school roof is collapsing on you, about a half-inch wooden desk isn't going to protect you a heck of a lot. But on a lighter note, I would like to throw out how miserably... Our leaders in this country have failed us by not being more prepared against the Russian invasion. They should have had all kinds of weapons in Ukraine weeks ago. And just like Afghanistan, our president and all of his minions under him, in my opinion, have really failed again. Well, I don't consider these people to be leaders. I consider them all to be criminals, uh, all the Republicans and the Democrats. I don't look to them for uh, for leadership, and I never will. Uh, but thank you, Richard, for the call tonight. Yeah, I mean, it it would certainly be a wonderful charitable move to distribute rifles to all the needy people of the world mm-hmm. um but you know i i don't want the government doing it yeah because we- they would just hand it out to the worst people <laughs> they could find mm-hmm. people like them yeah if, if we're gonna hand, start handing out guns let's hand them out to the people rather than than like armies and governments yeah mm-hmm. governments giving out yeah. uh weapons means missile systems to yeah. government people and they'll just use it against their people yeah. if they want to yep it's like foreign aid foreign aid is robbing poor people in rich countries to pay off rich people in, in poor. poor countries <laughs> Yep. Let's uh, change gears here a little bit. Chris, you had a story tonight. I had the same one. Uh, yours from, I believe, Cointelegraph. I've got the one from uh, news.bitcoin.com, and it's about Ruby on Rails' creator. Ruby on Rails is some sort of a programming language? That's correct. Uh, it's it's a uh, Ruby framework, is the language. Ruby on Rails is a web programming environment. So this guy, his name is uh, David Hennemeyer Hansen. 
and he has come out a name. and made a major statement. And and you want to share this story uh, tonight, Chris? He's made a major statement when it comes to cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. He has changed his tune. He used to be very against, yeah, uh, Bitcoin, a vocal opponent of cryptocurrency, and now he's talking different. Yeah. So um, I I got the story from Coin Telegraph here. Uh, Ruby on Rails creator backpedals about Bitcoin. Now he's saying we need Bitcoin. Or, I'm sorry, we need crypto. Mm. So maybe not specifically That's even better. Bitcoin, but yeah. Yeah, Good. that is better because Bitcoin, it's it's the first and the worst. Yep. You know. Yeah, so he did a complete U-turn on Bitcoin due to Canada's financial crackdown on COVID-19 vaccine protesters. So Canada's yeah. move to freeze Bitcoin wallets and bank accounts related to the COVID-19 vaccine protests is driving cryptocurrency adoption with some crypto naysayers reconsidering their stance on bitcoin we should be re- uh, re-clarify here canada cannot freeze self-custodied bitcoin wallets where you have control of your keys canada can't do anything about that they can pound their feet uh they can you know yell and scream but they cannot force you to give up those keys yeah it, and this is interesting because people are actually closing down their uh their bank accounts uh in, in canada in yeah. canada but they're also doing it in the united states as well especially at like td bank which uh, is a canadian bank which is a canadian yeah. bank right exactly well, it's a canadian bank and it's also uh it was an accessory to all the money that was stolen from the from the truckers correct <laughs> right right so people are basically saying hey no more uh i'm gonna get out and i'm gonna i'm gonna get into crypto right and so we've got a increasing number of people using it as a result david Hennemir Hansen. That's the, a lot of names. It is. The Ruby on Rails web development framework creator took on Twitter on Monday to tell his followers that he was no longer a Bitcoin skeptic. I still can't believe that this is the protest that would prove every Bitcoin crank a prophet. <laughs> so he comes <laughs> out right there and actually says he was wrong, mm-hmm. which is which is. Uh, you know, I, I gotta respect. I gotta respect that. You know, uh, when, yeah. you, when you to say you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's hard to say. It you're happens. Wrong. I used to be a socialist. Yeah, oh, especially when you've been so wrong for so long, right? right? Like Bitcoin's been right. around, I mean, and and usually people don't change their minds when they've been, you know, dissing something for for yeah. uh, mm-hmm. ten years or. And I think he's been dissing it for ten years or so. Right. So, and for me to have a uh, let me see here, and for me to have to slice a piece of humble pie. And admit that I was wrong on crypto's fundamental necessity in Western democracies, Hanson. Right? So yeah, I mean he's 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 not he's not. And the interesting thing is, he's not saying that all of his criticisms were were wrong. They're valid. And and the thing is, he's he's probably been right about some of his criticisms. Like they're not invalid. They're criticisms. But this is this is the key. He's realized the need for cryptocurrencies and all those criticisms. Those things can be fixed. Those mm-hmm. things are being fixed. And the problems, uh, you know, it, it's it's too important. You know, uh, fundamentally, it's too important once you realize what governments can do uh, not to even even with all of those problems there. It's still more important that we have crypto than not. Yeah, he thought it was some sort of uh, like crypto could only help people in developing nations. There's more comments. I guess he wrote a whole article about it. I don't really? know if you've, you've heard about that. I haven't, I haven't read the whole article. I've uh, read uh, an article about his his uh, comments. Though. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read the article. The news.bitcoin.com doesn't link to it, but they do a lot of excerpts from it here. Uh, so we'll see if I'll check with you here in a moment, see if they match up to what you're looking at. Sounds good. Some of it's really interesting. Uh, we'll share a few more of his comments on the way here at 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. You can weigh in as well. And the remaining moments coming up. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can join us here at 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Chris. Don't forget, Forkfest is coming up in June and July. June 27th through July 3rd. You can join us for the 6th Annual Forkfest. It's happening in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire at Rogers Campground. The week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is almost sold out... Forkfest does not have tickets, however, so there is no sellout status unless we can fill the entire campground, which I don't think we're going to do because Forkfest has tended to be smaller in population than the Porcupine Freedom Festival. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, you can go to Rogers. Is Porkfest going to fill the entire campground, do you the think? The entire campground has Isn't been it? sold out for the wow. Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yep. So you can still get a ticket to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, there's only maybe like 20% of the tickets left, and that was as of two weeks ago, so it might be like nine, you know, uh, 10% left at this now, point. I have well, heard... if you've got a ticket, come, because somebody's going to let you crash yeah, on their site, or half the time, I just crash in my car. I thought yeah. they weren't letting you into the campground unless you had a ticket to Porkfest. Correct. Yeah, you need to have a ticket. So to you can't in. just crash on somebody's campground. Yeah, they... you can. You just have to find somebody who's willing to let you. But they sold out of tickets. Correct? No, no, no. You misunderstood. The campground is sold out. Oh, but the tickets are not. Tickets are available. Oh, okay. They've only got like 10 or 15% or something like that left of the tickets to the event. Fair enough. But you got to figure out where you're going to sleep. And sure, so that's sure, what sure. nobody's saying is talk to people when you get there and see what, yeah. you know, maybe somebody will let you probably pop, uh, pitch a tent on I, there. I will You'll say, find a place to yeah. sleep if you make it to Porkfest. Yeah. I, I, I will say, though, that um, I, I'm hearing that there's people who are coming to Forkfest because Porkfest is sold out. So, yeah, well, the campground is sold out. Yeah. So, uh, Forkfest.party is where you can go to learn more about Forkfest. It's June 27th through July 3rd, and we will look forward to seeing you there. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting from both of those events. So I did pull up David Hennemeyer Hansen's uh, blog post here on world.hey.com titled, I was wrong. We need crypto. He mm-hmm. says, to say I've been skeptical about Bitcoin and the rest of the crypto universe would be an understatement of epic proportions. He says, there's just so much to oppose. And he goes through a few things like he's concerned about the energy consumption and the transaction fees and pump and dump schemes and and so on. Uh, he criticizes Tether, which is a legitimate criticism. Yeah. Uh, but uh, going on, he says, uh, and he criticizes the lack of real de- decentralization in many of the current Web3 infrastructure and on and on and on. He says, beyond all these very real problems and challenges, my bigger beef was actually fueled by a lack of imagination. I could see the fundamental promise of a digital currency free of banks if you were living in a failing state like Venezuela or an overtly authoritarian one like China or Iran. But how is this relevant to the vast number of Bitcoin boosters living in stable Western democracies governed by the rule of law? Beyond the patina of uh, philosophical respectability, it could apply to yet another get-rich-quick scheme. Now, that's, now, what's that saying again? Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't after you. It's starting to smell like that, he says. Just because Bitcoin's most virtuous argument was presented, if not, in ba- if not bad faith and figly faith, by get-rich-quick boosters doesn't mean it isn't true. Enter the trucker protests in Canada. In just three weeks of honking, blocked streets and bridges, bouncy castles and flag-waving, this peaceful protest movement managed to provoke the most shockingly authoritarian response from the Canadian government. 
First, the Ottawa Police Department got GoFundMe to confiscate donations with the intention of redirecting them to other causes. Then after an outcry, they backed down to merely blocking the money for 7 to 10 days before refunding. That seemed like a draconian escalation, completely at odds with the tens of millions of dollars raised for social justice causes during the protest summer of 2020. But at the time, I thought it was something another fundraising platform, one less likely to collaborate with the Canadian authorities, could route around. And Give, Send, Go indeed started doing just that. Turns out, the concern over the donations was quickly rendered insignificant, as just a few days later, the Canadian Prime Minister imposed martial law on the protesters. Through powers intended for catastrophic events, he took to freeze the bank accounts of both Canadian protesters and donors to compulsorily demand that tow truck operators clear the streets and forced insurance companies to drop policies for the protesters. We covered almost all of this here in depth on Free Talk Live over the last few weeks. He says that quote-unquote worked. Together with the police storming the protests with pepper spray and stun grenades, the area in front of Parliament was cleared, but even that wasn't enough. Even with the protests cleared out, the police vowed to press their new financial powers against anyone involved for months to come. So Canadians who donated to the truckers should now sleep with one eye open for the next several months, lest they have their bank accounts frozen and indictments filed on the basis of laws enacted to prevent financing of terrorism. Or maybe... Get your money out of the bank and sleep like a baby. It's or, time to start funding terrorism. Or or maybe their bank <laughs> will simply preemptively cancel their accounts if they appeared on the hacked list of donators from Give, Send, Go. This is crazy, he says. Absolutely bonkers. Terrifying. I still can't believe that this is the protest that would prove every Bitcoin crank a profit. And for me to have a slice of hu- to slice a piece of humble pie and admit that I was wrong on crypto's fundamental necessity in Western democracies and that it was the Canadians who brought this on. You might as well have told me that it was really the Care Bears who ran Abu Ghraib, especially since <laughs> I had some, some sympathy with fears projected by the U.S. progressive left who spent four years fretting Trump might pull stunts like these. Then it turns out that the worries of an authoritarian overreach will be fulfilled by Trudeau to the north instead. Meanwhile, plenty of American commentators are cheering this on. Those terrible, horrible, no good, very bad truckers got what they deserved to protest for a repeal of pandemic restrictions so as to live the life that enjoyed in Denmark by a population less vaccinated by the Canadians. That's beyond the pale. But in a weird way, I'm glad we got this warning from Trudeau in Canada and not Trump in America. It would have been far too easy for Europeans in particular to dismiss authoritarian assertions of martial law from Trump as being irrelevant to the European experience. Just like I had for so long deemed the practical desire of people in Venezuela or Iran or China for crypto irrelevant to the entire Western experience. Is France really that different from Canada, Austria, Denmark? This is a real wake-up call, he says. It reminds me of the Snowden revelations. Prior to him bringing proof, the idea that America was processing all the emails in the world, recording any phone call anywhere at will, and monitoring all internet traffic just seemed so hyperbolic. I remember discussing this with a friend in the 2000s when rumors of Echelon had gained some traction. It just didn't seem believable until it was undeniable. I'm sitting here with that same feeling. Even just a few months ago, I would not have found it credible if you said a three-week peaceful protest in Canada could have led to martial law, frozen bank accounts, and terrorist financing laws being used to hunt protest donors. Unbelievable then, undeniable now. I don't think we have any kind of idea 
or any idea what kind of radicalizing seeds have been planted by Trudeau with these actions. This is one of those world events you can imagine a documentary in the future opening with, It All Started When... But wherever this leads us next, it's clear to me now that I was too hasty to completely dismiss crypto on the basis of all the things wrong with it at the moment, instead of appreciating the fundamental freedom to transact that it's currently our best shot at protecting. We're all living in a bubble. What do you mean by that? Uh, a self-imposed bubble, probably to, to a great degree. Um, well, do you talk to the people on the left? Do you talk to the people on the right? Well, we do here on this I show. Do. Okay, we're, this is a bad example of this show, thing. but most people don't. Mm-hmm. You're and saying the they're living in a bubble where they only hear their they the only, same things. Right, they only hear what they want to hear, and that's how you end up in the situation where you... Well, he heard it, but he just denied it. He heard that that crypto could help with he transaction safety and but you know, not being... But he heard it only from other people of like mind, most likely. Mm-hmm. And so it's it reinforces this. Well, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. He just didn't believe it could happen here. Is what he's saying. He didn't think in Western democracies, quote unquote, tyranny yeah. could happen and that crypto could help us. He'd bought into the government propaganda. Yeah. So it's so it's quite understandable. I don't think it was a lack of a lack of knowledge about Bitcoin. It was just, hey, we've got a perfectly good safe financial system here. I mean, and it turns out we don't have no, but if a he had good, really been lift safe if, if he, financial system here. I don't know. I, I feel like if he had really been listening to people opposing opinion he would have heard the counter arguments to he heard the arguments he just didn't believe they applied all right all he right. didn't think it could he didn't think it could happen here and this is what clicked it for him that was actually a book that about it can't happen fascism here? coming coming to america it was called it can't happen here oh yeah yeah it was a good book it was uh some Claire Lewis, maybe? That sounds right. Yeah, it would come waving a flag, I think, was what he Yeah, he when when, uh, when fascism comes to America, it will be wrapped in a flag and holding a Bible. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm glad it worked for him, right? Like, he had yeah. all the information to where once he saw what was really happening, he said, oh, crap, I was wrong. <laughs> and he came right out and, and he admitted that. So, really, kudos yeah. to this guy. Yeah, uh, definitely have to pat him on the I back. Respect I respect it. I hope he'll take Ruby on rails and... Right, the next great distributed web platform for crypto on it or something. David Hennemeyer Hansen is his name. I'll take the URL from this. I'll share it on our social media platform, which is over at social.freetalklive.com. If you're not on, on there, then you're at the mercy of Twitter and Facebook, and that mercy may not last for people with our opinions. Social. Social.freetalklive.com. Check that out over there. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, you can join us at freetalklive.com. See you tomorrow.